You're listening to the Market Leaders Podcast, brought to you by Pipeline Plus. Professional service firms use Pipeline Plus to capture more business from their most important clients, prospects, and referral sources. Pipeline Plus delivers the simplest interface in the marketplace and in-app suggestions on exactly which actions to take to close the next deal. It's used as a standalone app in conjunction with business development coaching or as a CRM companion for more effective sales pipeline management. To learn more or schedule a demo, visit PipelinePlus.com. Hello and welcome back to the Market Leaders Podcast. I'm David Ackert, and today we are here with Kevin Iredell, who is the CMO at Lowenstein. Kevin, great to have you with us. Well, thanks for having me, David. Great to see you. We're going to be talking to you, Kevin, in the context of your new role as the national president of the Legal Marketing Association. And of course, any insights that filter in as the leader of the marketing department at Lowenstein may also be relevant here. But I'd really like to start by just hearing a little bit about your thoughts in terms of as new president of LMA. What are some of the priorities that you're looking forward to implementing? Yeah, thank you. You know, first, it's exciting for me to be the president. I've been a member of the Legal Marketing Association for almost 20 years. And I mean, I've known you for probably half of that time. So it's a really nice opportunity uh, for me. So I'm kind of honored for that. Three of the priorities or the top three priorities that I'm going to look at for this year. Uh, the first one is profitability. The second is continuing uh uh, an enhanced and integrated member experience across across all of our regions, several countries where we have members, uh, and all of the different volunteer groups, the SIGs, the committees, et cetera. And then the third is, of course, expanded educational offerings. We hear every year when we do our member engagement surveys that education and networking are the top two benefits that people get from being a member. So that's always always a priority, but we're going to, we're going to put an extra focus on it this year. Yeah, no, I can appreciate that. And, you know, we interviewed Roy Sexton in our prior episode and some of those came up, although not all of them. So I'm curious what for you drives these objectives, why these three in particular? Yeah. So I would say the first one, profitability and profitability for reinvestment back in the association stems from the past couple of years we've had a hard time. Yeah. The COVID wasn't good to us in terms of prior commitments that we had made for annual conference, spending that we had committed to for different programs and regional activities, staffing, et cetera. Uh, and so, you know, frankly, we, we've lost money for the past couple of years and we need to get back to profitability so that we're not burning through our reserves and that we can then reinvest for future growth. So that's kind of that's kind of number one. I mean, I think that should be top of mind for everybody, all our volunteers and different groups. Um, you know, and it just goes down to restoring the fiscal health of the association. Yeah. The other two, uh, enhanced member experience, or integrated member experience, and and the expanded educational offerings. That's what our members want. They want more education. They want to know that when they go to a conference or an event in the Southeast, 
that it's the same LMA that they belong to in their in their you know uh, home base in the Northeast or the Northwest or Canada or whatever it is, right? So the same level of education, the same level of speakers, the quality, the attention to detail, you know, all those things that are important to a member organization, we need to focus on those. Sure. So the fiscal health is important so that we can continue to provide that second thing, which is ultimately the experience that the members are paying for and the members have come to rely on. Exactly right. Yep. So let's talk about it from your perspective. What are you personally excited about? I mean, these three objectives are certainly good for the organization, mm -hmm. but uh, what about your perspective as you know, a business person? Well, and you know, I mean, I think those three objectives talk to my my business experience. You know, running an organization or an association efficiently. Uh, you know, I I appreciate that challenge and I enjoy it. So looking where we can be more efficient and consolidate uh, duplicative efforts or provide uh, member benefits more efficiently and more cost effectively, you know, those are challenges that, that I really enjoy. So I'm excited about that. You know, we've already identified a few areas where, you know, we might have been doing things. One group was doing something and another group was doing something and it looked really similar. So, you know, let's combine those and get the best out of both. And at the same time, save staff time and staff resources that cost the organization money. So that I'm excited about already seeing early signs of some of that return. And then I can speak to that. I mean, you reached out to me just last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was at the beginning of the year, uh, regarding the DEI SIG, uh, where there, we had sort of had two sub-organizations or two subcommittees that were kind of doing similar things. And you came to me and, and the other co-chairs and said, let's combine these. So even within the, the first few weeks of the year, you've already spotted some opportunities to create those efficiencies. And I imagine as CMO of an AMLA 100 firm, you're also always looking for ways to streamline processes. And so it's great to bring that mindset to this volunteer leadership position too. Yeah, and and I think the key there is the the volunteer leadership position because you know I don't want to overstate that uh, that I identified this and I said let's combine these two things. You know, this is a volunteer led organization, so it's my job I think to to look for those opportunities and then bring them to the to the committees in this case for you to make the decision. Right. I think you're doing great stuff here and I think you're doing great stuff here. And it looks to me like we can consolidate these or, or, or join forces right, to do more, more good stuff. Uh, it was the committees and you and, and the other chairs that actually made the decision. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think it's a it's a fine line, but it's a management style that I think uh, has served me well. And, you know, I want to want to kind of underscore that here. Well, I think it's important, especially in a volunteer leadership dynamic, but even uh, otherwise, to always lead with respect for the people who you're leading and appreciate that in order for there to be true buy-in, it has to feel at least somewhat like it was their idea. <laughs> right, right. And this is, you know, I mean, this is a very collaborative 
association. And so I, I value that. I mean, I wouldn't have been a member for so long if I felt otherwise. So yeah, you know, I do, I do think that's important, but to your earlier point, you know, I do feel like it is part of my role to look for those opportunities and bring them back so that, so that we can achieve those efficiencies. So you're bringing uh, a passion for efficiency to the table. You're bringing your uh, leadership style, your collaborative approach to the table. What else are you excited about? Well, uh, we just recently announced our keynote speaker for the annual conference this year, and it, it goes along these lines of, of business. Jamie Lawless is the chief executive of Hush Blackwell, and she will be our keynote speaker. Jamie's background is fascinating to me and kind of kind of inspiring. She is uh, she has her undergrad in marketing from Rutgers of all places, go New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and she's not a lawyer. So she's the second non-lawyer chief executive at Hush Blackwell. Uh, the career path that she's taken from degree in marketing all the way to chief executive of Hush Blackwell is, it's a fascinating story, incredibly uncommon in our industry. And so she's gonna be great. I purposely was looking, and, and when I say I, I have to give a shout out to our annual conference advisory committee co-chairs, Amber Bowman, Catherine Whitaker, and Morgan McLeod. They are rock stars. And so this decision and the search for a keynote was done as a team. And, you know, we all feel really excited about this. We definitely wanted to look for somebody who knew the legal industry, who could come and talk to us as a peer, as a business professional. I've said it before, other people have said it before me that the need and the demand for business professionals at law firms right now is higher and greater than it's ever been with competition and consolidation and market conditions. This is the time for us. So we wanted somebody to come in who speaks our language, who could be an inspiration, you know, show us a, a different path and can appreciate the work that we do and really just be an inspiration to everybody in the audience. So I, I'm super excited about it. I can't wait. I have a question for you. We have been talking for some time now in our industry about the value of being, a, being business professionals into business leadership roles at law firms, which, mm -hmm. of course, historically, those seats have been filled by lawyers mm -hmm. who... Uh, may not necessarily have a strong business background or a strong instinct for running a business as opposed to running a firm. Uh, and there are distinctions there. Yes, bringing, bringing in best practices from the corporate world as opposed to the kinds of thinking that would uh, mature through the process of running a practice. And I'm curious if you think Jamie's role and uh, her obviously being brought in as a keynote speaker so that we can kind of showcase that, if, if part of that is pointing at a, a real trend, or is this just another anomaly and we're still kind of crossing our fingers that one of these days the industry will, will pick up what we're putting down? No, it's definitely a trend. Because of the scale and the size of law firms today, the sophistication of our clients, the competition, um, the all the intricacies of practicing law and you know navigating regulatory issues and and all of the things that go into practicing law, there's not enough time to run a business, and so you know I, I definitely see that this is not a passing fad. Mm -hmm. 
as firms get bigger and more sophisticated and, you know, more global and more regional, you need somebody to run the business. Yeah. So, you know, I, I definitely see it continuing. Yeah. For sure. Well, I, I hope you're right. I, we still encounter a lot of firms, certainly mid-sized firms, but even in the AMLA 100, where the leadership decisions are pretty much without exception being made by the senior lawyers. And maybe there's a nod to a business professional who isn't an owner, but you know, again, this, this model that it's only the lawyer that can have equity, it's only the lawyer that can be the owner, makes for a complicated navigation of decisions that impact the organization when you're turning to someone who might actually know more about how to do these things, but mm -hmm. isn't technically in an ownership role. Yeah, and I mean, to be fair and to give credit where credit is due, firms have done very well. That's right. Businesses for the last 200 years. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, we're not we're not jumping in here to fix something that's, you know, totally broken. Yeah. But I think that the more progressive firms are seeing that there's there's a better way. Yeah. And and so that's where we're seeing a lot of this progress. Yeah. Part of an evolution that gets us from good to great. Yep, that's right. Well, uh, I'd love to hear your tip for or tips, if you have them, for anyone who might be listening today and considering a leadership role, whether that's in a volunteer organization or whether it's more in the sort of formal construct that we've also been touching on a bit in our conversation today. I tell everybody, get involved. Volunteer for a committee, volunteer on a SIG, go to meetings, go to the the lunch and learns that you that we have in a, in a lot of the regions attend the webinars meet people right be curious about how did you get where you are what do you do at your firm what are some of the challenges that you're facing uh, that has been that has served me really well in my time at, at lma nobody jumps into lma and is you know the regional president or on the board of directors without having done the work and risen up through the ranks and it's not something that you know you have to start when you're a junior any anybody can volunteer but getting involved and getting to know people and being proactive about speaking up and looking for those opportunities i i think that's key and frankly i think that's the only way i would know how to do it yeah you know it's interesting we posed the same question to your predecessor roy sexton and he said something similar and what i'm thinking about now as I'm hearing your response is our profession tends to attract perfectionists, both mm -hmm. on the lawyer side and on the business professional side. Certainly, you know, we consultants, we wouldn't even come into this industry unless we also uh, had the, the the curse and perhaps the um, the blessing of that particular orientation, trying to get things right and get them right at a level that is truly impressive, that is excellent. And I think that works against your advice a little bit, because what you're suggesting is there's a process and you're going to get it wrong a bunch of times until you get it right. And even once you get it right, you'll still get it wrong a few more times, right? This is ultimately, there's no real perfection in leadership. It's just a matter of taking on the, um, heating the call, if you will, and then figuring it out and doing your best. Uh, so I, I think it's so important to reinforce that message, especially when you have people who might be waiting for the perfect moment or waiting for the perfect opportunity to lead or volunteer. Yeah, the 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 saying rings true. The perfection is the enemy of 
the good or that's right i'm, I'm getting you got that it perfect kevin you got right? it <laughs> so you know sometimes good enough is good enough i mean yeah. microsoft has built a business on let's just launch it and we'll fix the bugs later that's right so there's something to be said for that and and i also think there's a difference between excellence and perfection yes. and i think sometimes people get that confused you're you're in marketing we certainly don't get everything right every time our yes. job is to try new things right and sometimes they go according to plan and sometimes we get a, a different result than what we had thought right that doesn't mean that the work that we put out isn't excellent yes it just means that you know there's a difference between the perfection and 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 excellence i think so yeah that's right because to your it, point Excellence is subjective, right? And it and it can be achieved. You can strive for excellence. And I, I mean, I think I had an excellent morning today, but I wouldn't say it was perfect. I mean, you, know, <laughs> you, can, you can always fine tune. That's right. That's right. But, you know, it goes back to get involved. Talk yeah, to people. That's right. Show up. You know, try things. Try new yeah. things. Yes. That's that's how you that's how you take a step in the right direction on your way to excellence. That's right. Well, Kevin, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and sharing your experience, sharing your goals. I, as an LMA uh, member and sponsor and volunteer and enthusiast, am just uh, really excited about the year ahead with your guidance at the helm. Yeah, I appreciate it, David. Thank you. Well, we're looking forward to it. And thanks for being with us for today's episode. It's my pleasure. Talk to you soon. Today's episode was brought to you by Pipeline Plus. We solve business development problems for professionals around the world. Visit pipelineplus.com to learn more about our technology and coaching solutions.